Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, all you sports fans out there in the Chattahoochee Valley? Welcome to a Hot Sports Take Wednesday on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm glad that I'm doing this show five days a week because there's a lot of sporting events that I can cover. We've got a great show for you. I'm going to talk about Richard Sherman signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go. The rich get richer, and the Buccaneers have solved their corner problems. You mad, bro? The Braves increased their magic number to three by beating the Phillies 2-1, to one, but it wasn't easy. Will Smith gets into a little trouble in the top of the ninth, giving Braves fans a heart attack, but they will continue the three-game series today to try to clinch the division. And which 3-0 team in the NFL may not even make the playoffs? The percentages actually look good for all of them, but I will go into detail of all the 3-0 teams in the NFL to find weaknesses. All right, let's start this show with Richard Sherman signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This broke early this morning, right before I'm about to do my show, so I'm going to lead the show with this story because this is a big story, especially many of you know I am a San Francisco 49ers fan. I don't know how many times I tell you that on this show. And I was hoping that the Niners would solve their cornerback problems by getting Richard Sherman back on the team. He was on the Niners last year, but he had injuries. And this is just a prime example of a veteran player waiting it out for the right situation. Doesn't need a training camp. Doesn't need preseason. He's a veteran corner that's been in this league for years and he could just walk right into Tampa Bay and solve their cornerback problems which is really the only weakness they have on their team. You saw that against the game against the Los Angeles Rams as Deshaun Jackson burned their corners. They're thin at corner with the injuries, and Richard Sherman solves half of the field. Is this chasing a ring for Sherman? You know, he almost won a Super Bowl with the 49ers. He won a Super Bowl with Seattle. Would have won a second Super Bowl if Malcolm Butler didn't intercept Russell Wilson in the end zone. That shocking facial expression by Richard Sherman is iconic. I share it as a gif all the time because it is actually funny. I was a fan of Richard Sherman when he was on the 49ers. Now I'm back to hating him. It's just the way it is. You always have to have a villain in this league. Tom Brady's a villain. Richard Sherman's a villain. It is what it is. Let's keep it that way. And let's go root for all the other teams to beat Tampa Bay. I'm not happy this morning. I was hoping he'd sign back with the 49ers. The 49ers have their own cornerback problems. They do have some veteran cornerbacks that they signed Josh Norman, but he got injured in that game against Green Bay. I'm a fan of De'Amre Lenore, the fifth rounder, but he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes, and he was exposed in that game 
as Aaron Rodgers did anything he wanted with the football and targeted Devontae Adams. They do have Drake Kirkpatrick. He was in the division last year with the Arizona Cardinals. He should get some starts. Emmanuel Mosley is a good cornerback, but he's coming off an injury. Their cornerback woes just continue. They lost Jason Verrett for the entire season. They recently signed veteran cornerback Buster Skurin. He's a 32-year-old free agent. He was released by the Chicago Bears back in March. He is going to play nickel cornerback in relief of Kwan Williams, who is going to miss a couple of weeks with a calf strain. And the Niners, I think, are in trouble against the Seattle Seahawks because now Russell Wilson has his two favorite targets, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He is going to be able to just throw the ball down the field and get it to them. And I think the 49ers, unfortunately, will lose this game to Seattle and they will fall to 2-2. Two and two. This is a desperate game for the Seahawks. I'm not saying that the Seahawks are going to sweep the season series. I think the 49ers bounce back and beat them in Seattle. This is a rivalry between two teams. It dates back to when Jim Harbaugh was the coach in 2011 and Pete Carroll was the coach. They had a rivalry with Stanford and USC. The 49ers made it to the NFC Championship game. The year the Niners made it to the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson's rookie season. Both teams going at it. They met in the NFC Championship game the following year. And we all know about the Richard Sherman tip in the end zone on Michael Crabtree and his rant after the game that caused the 49ers to go into a free fall for the next four seasons. I put a meme on Facebook stating that the Niners, after that tip, they would go on to go 8-8 eight eight in 2014, 5-11 in 2015, 2-14 in 2016, 6-10 in 2017, and then in 2018, they had a 4-12 season. That was the year that Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL in the Kansas City Chiefs game in Week 2. I'm a little bitter and a little salty when it comes to this rivalry because the Seahawks have owned this decade. They would have been the team of this decade, but that belongs to the Patriots. They had two Super Bowl appearances And I personally don't think the Seahawks are very well run. They have not addressed some of their needs, including on the offensive line and including a pass rush. They traded to get Carlos Dunlap. That's fine. Kerry Hyder, they picked up in free agency from the 49ers. They also got Robert Nikandici. Bobby Wagner is a solid linebacker. He's been their veteran for over a decade now. They lost KJ Wright to the Raiders. But ever since the Legion of Boom retired, when Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and then Richard Sherman left in free agency, it hasn't been the same. Now they do have Trayvon Diggs, and now they have Jamal Adams. But they gave up a lot of draft picks to get Jamal Adams and re-sign him. They knew where their priorities were, and it's not giving Russell Wilson more help on the offensive line. They need to re-sign Dwayne Brown, but he's getting up there in age. They're not really committed to getting Dwayne Brown a long-term contract. But the 49ers have their own problems. They are depleted at cornerback and depleted at running back. And we shall see how this game goes between these two NFC West foes. Boy, the Atlanta Braves don't make it easy. They beat the Phillies 2-1 to to extend their lead in the NL East by three and a half games. Their magic number to clinch the NL East is now three. But in comes Will Smith in the top of the ninth inning with a 2-0 lead. 
By the way, Charlie Morton could be their best pitcher. I hope they pitch him game one in the postseason because Charlie Morton was lights out. Seven innings of work, zero runs given up, and 10 strikeouts. But in comes Will Smith. Talk about giving people just a cardiac arrest. He is their closer, and you're going to ride and die with Will Smith. You are. He's not going to make it easy, though. I'm just going to break down what happened in the top of the ninth. Bryce Harper starts the inning. Smith gives up a walk. JT Realamundo lines out. Then Matt Verling reaches on a fielding error. Fielding error left by Eddie Rosario in left field. And then Will Smith intentionally walks Andrew McCutcheon. The bases are loaded with one out. Here we go again. Then Didi Gregorius hits a sacrifice fly. And then the Phillies are now down 2-1. to one. In comes Freddie Galvis. He's got runners at the corners with two outs. Most Braves fans were thinking that Will Smith is going to give up a big hit and the Phillies are going to take the lead. But Will Smith strikes him out. Braves win the ball game. And Will Smith picks up his 36th save of the season. Today, the Atlanta Braves will send Max Freed to the mound to take on Aaron Nola as the Braves try to clinch the NL East with five games to go. I do like the Braves' chances of making it to the postseason and playing the Milwaukee Brewers in the division series. Although games one and two will be in Milwaukee, I still like the Braves' chances to at least get a split because they're sending out Charlie Morton and Max Fried. They're going to be your number one and number two starters. I'm not sure who starts game one, but the Braves are set up perfectly, and I think they have better pitching than the Brewers. I think you send out Ian Anderson for game three, and game four, you could either send out Husakar Yona, you could send out Sean Newcomb, you could send out Tuki Toussaint. But really, I would just rely on three pitchers and let either Charlie Morton or Max Fried come back on three days rest and pitch game four. That's how much confidence I have in the three starters for the Atlanta Braves. And I think they win the series against Milwaukee to return back to the NLCS. Now, who they face, I have no idea. They could either face the Giants, Dodgers, or Cardinals. Right now, the Giants just keep on winning. They've reached their franchise record for wins with 103. They won 103 games back in 1993. They also reached 103 games back in 2003. They're about to break their all-time franchise record. I know they got some players hurt. Brandon Belt is going to be out for a while because he has a fracture in his thumb. He is their best hitter. But the Giants are relying on young stars like Lamont Wade Jr. He is really coming up out of nowhere. And the Giants have a two-game lead on the Dodgers as they will take on the Diamondbacks again tonight. What have the Dodgers been doing? Well, they continue winning as well. They've reached 101 games and this has been a tight race from start to finish. Walker Bueller picks up the win. These pitchers, I cannot tell you how big they're coming up. Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, and Clayton Kershaw are four solid pitchers you do not want to face in the postseason. I'm starting to worry about the strategy of manager Dave Roberts of pitching all these guys in the regular season, not giving them rest, because one of the dangerous teams that you don't want to face in that one-game playoff is the St. Louis Cardinals. They're on a 17-game winning streak, and they just clinched the wild card for the second spot. Over in the American League, it's a three-team race for the final two wild card spots. 
You have the Yankees winning. You have the Red Sox losing. The Yankees now have a two-game lead on the Red Sox. The Yankees are playing the Blue Jays in this three-game series, so they're not helping the Blue Jays out at all. They're pushing them back further. The Red Sox have a one-game lead on the Toronto Blue Jays. However, the Red Sox did lose to the Baltimore Orioles. The postseason is going to be set in the American League between the White Sox and the Astros. We don't know who the wild card teams are, but Tampa Bay will take on the winner of whoever wins the wild card matchup. Baseball is fun. I cannot wait. Let's go get it now. Come on. All right, which team in the NFL that's 3-0 might not even make the playoffs? I've been debating this. Right now, you have five teams remaining in the National Football League that are 3-0. More than likely, the 72 Dolphins' perfect season will still be intact because now that we've gone to 17 games, I highly doubt anybody is going to go 17-0. That's just my opinion. We almost had it in 2008, but thanks to David Tyree's helmet catch, that did not happen. And thank goodness it did not happen because that would have been terrible because majority of the people hate the Patriots if you don't live in New England. All right, starting with the 3-0 Denver Broncos, I think this is the team that could miss out on the playoffs. Number one, they're in a very tough division. Number two, the teams they have beaten have a combined 0-9 record. We don't know how good the Broncos are. They got a big test. Even though they got a home game, they take on the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. This is going to be a big test to see if they're a good team. Next up is the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they have beaten some good teams. They've beaten the Ravens and they've beaten the Steelers. They've also beaten the Dolphins, who is a very well-coached team. The Ravens and the Dolphins games could have gone either way because they went into overtime. And the Steelers might not be all that great this year. So we don't know how well the Las Vegas Raiders are this year. Next team that we don't know how good it is is the Carolina Panthers. Usually in the beginning of the season, Matt Rule, his offense, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, they got things rolling. Carolina is 3-0. They've beaten a bad Houston Texans team, and they've beaten a bad New York Jets team. I'll give you that. The Saints win was a good win at home against a division opponent, but the division is tough. So we don't know if the Carolina Panthers are going to continue rolling. You still have the Buccaneers. The Saints are still pretty good. And then with the NFC West being so great, there's a chance that all four teams in that division might make the playoffs. So it's not a guarantee that the Carolina Panthers are going to make the playoffs. The other teams that are undefeated, the Arizona Cardinals, they're in a tough division at 3-0, but I actually think this team is for real. They have had some very good games. They beat a good Vikings team, and they've beaten the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, which the Titans are a good team. And then finally, the Rams are 3-0. They are the best team in football. They're going to make the playoffs. There's no question about that. Before the new playoff format where they're now allowing 14 teams into the playoffs, back when it was just 12 teams in the playoffs, teams that started 3-0 in the beginning of the season had a 75% chance to make the playoffs. Of course, the number would be a lot higher since they have an extra playoff team this year. So let's see how these 3-0 teams fare and good luck to them because I would like to see if they really are contenders in this league. Wednesdays are my favorite show because it's Hot Sports Take Wednesday and I love the fact that I could talk sports every day now. My Hot Sports Take because I think you got Georgia taking on Arkansas this week. And I actually thought about this game. I'm getting a little nervous even though Georgia is getting two key players back. They expect to get tight end Darnell Washington and defensive back Ty Key Smith back for the Arkansas game 
at noon. College game day is going to be there. It's number two, Georgia versus number eight, Arkansas. And so my hot sports take is don't be shocked, Georgia fans, if Arkansas pulls off the upset. We don't know what type of team Arkansas is. They've already beaten a good Texas and Texas A&M team. And Sam Pittman, the head coach for Arkansas, used to be the offensive line coach at Georgia. He knows the Georgia Bulldogs. Now this team, Georgia played Arkansas last year in Fayetteville. You remember it was 7-5, to Dewan Mathis was the starter, and then in comes Stetson Bennett, and he pretty much saved the game. Felipe Franks was the quarterback for Arkansas. Georgia's defense is great, but one thing that Arkansas does well is the read option with the mobile quarterback. And Arkansas's defense is good too. Turnovers can be a key in this game and expect a much tighter game than the Clemson game. I honestly think Arkansas is going to keep it close. If Georgia loses, they are still in the driver's seat for the college football playoff because I actually think with Clemson losing twice, it doesn't really help their cause, but Arkansas could win out the rest of their games and get ready to face Alabama towards the end of the season. And there's a possibility that Arkansas can give Alabama a scare. I also think that Ole Miss has a shot to keep it close against Alabama. So we shall see how it goes. Not much of a hot sports take, but if you're an Arkansas fan, I know you got to be happy. This is the first time that they've been relevant in almost 10 years, and it's good to see them back. It is official. The WTVM High School Game of the Week for the Chattahoochee Valley is Central at Auburn. Both teams are 6-0, and and this is a rematch of the semifinal game in the state playoffs for 7A last season. Auburn reached the state championship against Thompson, and Thompson ended up winning their second state title. Central won the state title in 2018, and they have a very strong team with quarterback Caleb Nix, Carmelo English, who is a four-star wide receiver. And Central is coming off that big win over Opelika, 38-7. That might be bad news for Russell County, but I think Russell County has a lot of confidence going into this game against Opelika. Russell County is 5-1, and one, and the last time they reached the postseason was 2013. They finished the regular season at 5-5, five and five and they lost in the first round. But Russell County who did not win a single game last year. They were 0-9. Some of those games were canceled because of COVID. But Russell County has got to have a lot of confidence to know that the playoffs are in reach. Now, they have a gauntlet of a schedule in 6A Region 2. They play Opelika, one of the top teams in 6A. Now, Opelika is 3-3, but they've had a very tough schedule. Their three losses to Callaway, a double-A defending state champs from the state of Georgia, their rival Auburn, which is one of the top teams in the state, and then Central, another top team in the state for 7A. Opelika is 3-0 in region play, and this could turn their season. Opelika looks very strong, and I am looking forward to this game. This is going to be a huge test for the Warriors of Russell County, and looking at the rest of their schedule, this is going to be their biggest toughest opponent but after that they take on Sydney Lanier on the road then they come back for homecoming to take on Eufaula who struggled this year they made the playoffs last year remember four teams made the playoffs last season in region 2 6a and Eufaula was one of those teams but they've had a disappointing season they're two and four and you also have Carver and Montgomery 
who right now is three and two. I think it'll take one or two more wins for Russell County to reach the postseason, but it has been a very successful season for the Russell County Warriors, and I am proud of this team, and I'm honored that I get to be their PA announcer, and I cannot wait for this game Friday. Another big high school matchup is LaGrange coming down to A.J. McClung, making that trip on I-185, coming from LaGrange. The Grangers are going to Columbus to take on Carver. Carver is 4-1 on the season, one of the top teams in 4A in Georgia, and the Grangers are 5-0 on the season. This is going to be for the top of the division. But don't look now because Troop County is also one of the top teams in the region as they will take on Kendrick up at Callaway Stadium Friday night. There's no Thursday night games in Columbus. That's because Jord canceled their season and Shaw gets another bye. But we also have another game. Northside is on the road. The other game is Columbus at Hardaway. That game will be at Connect Stadium on Friday night. Stay tuned for my special high school football show on Friday. The show is really growing because I'm getting a lot more Twitter followers, a lot of media in the local Columbus, Opelika, LaGrange area as we just talk high school sports and I cannot wait for the show. All right, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast, subscribe to my Facebook page, and don't forget to comment below and just send me your feedback on what you want to hear on this show. Thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.